The show here on Faith FM. We're coming to the second hour. It's 8.05 a.m. And usually this time is marked by me enjoying the view outside and seeing the sun coming up. But not anymore. We are in a dungeon here. Uh, there are no windows. But that's okay. You know, I, I still get to see your bright face, uh, Matthew and, and Shell. So we're, we're bright. We're happy here in the studio this morning. You're joined by myself, Lawson, as well. And we are going to have our next quiz question. Hope you can figure it out because that is a clue to the question. Which New Testament author asked, can a fig tree, figure it out, my <laughs> brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Mm. So which New Testament author asked, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? What do you think so the answer is? There's four answers here. We've got to We've got a multiple choice of yeah. four potential answers. A, James, B, Peter, C, Paul, or D, John. Mm. I'll share those four potential answers. It's A, James, B, Peter, C, Paul, D, John. You've got a one in four chance to win it. What do you think, though, Matthew, is the answer to that question? Can a fig tree bear olives? Or can a grapevine bear figs? What do you think? I think it's a disciple. A, a, a disciple? No, but no, but the the question itself. Oh, the question itself. Yeah, yeah. Do you think? Do you think, Matthew? Yes. Can a fig tree bear olives, or can a grapevine bear figs? Of course not. I, I, I think no, right? I think like even even in even in the grafting side, I don't think it's possible. Maybe maybe Rod Rod Bailey has come up with a way to uh to to, to make graft. that to make that one happen. But yeah, really interesting there. If you know the answer, did James, Peter, Paul, or John say that? And it's A B C D A for James, B for Peter, C for Paul, or D for John. If you know the answer to that one, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text, and you'll be able to win. The amazing plant-based cookbook, Revive Cafe Cookbook Number 3 by Jeremy Dixon. These are like some of the best cookbooks you can get. Aesthetically, in terms of its recipes and whatnot, like it will be a massive blessing to you. So again, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text if you know the answer to that one. Hey, also want to give a shout out this morning to Gunnada up there just... Out west of uh, Tamworth and Kempsey and and whatnot, western New South Wales, where all of the uh, all of the, the beautiful people live in that beautiful area. If you're from that area, hey, let us know zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. We also asked the question a little bit earlier: What's your favourite psalm? Because we are going to be talking about the psalms. And Janelle writes in says a couple of my favourite psalms: Psalm ninety one and one hundred and three, God's promises and His greatness. Yeah, classics. Classics, Psalm ninety-one, Psalm one hundred and three, absolute, you know, just just well known, some hits right there. I think all the Psalms have amazing things to teach us, but particularly those ones are just awesome, awesome stuff. Do you have a favorite Psalm? I know you, you shared a verse yesterday, but in terms of like a, an entire Psalm, what's your favorite? It'll be, it'll have to be twenty-three Psalms twenty-three. Yeah, um, I know it's it's an oldie but goodie, but just just certain parts of that verse, like the one that says. Um, you know, as I walk through the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Yeah, wow. Um, and because you and I, Lawson, we've got testimonies where we've had depression. Mm. That's why that really stands out for me. Because mm. there's dark chapters in, in my early life, and the Lord was the only one that really got me out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I could have been a stickler for, you know, those who just stay stuck in the mud. 
Mm. But now the Lord said, hey, trust me, Matthew, I will, I'll help you ride on the high places. Yeah, absolutely. That's really beautiful. And I think this is what we've been looking at in the Psalms so far, this huge point of how it is wrestling with God. Absolutely. And these people are talking about the very real and difficult situations that they're going through, but they're using those situations as a springboard to give God glory, actually. Their resolve is usually always in God's mercy, his justice, his grace, and particularly what we've been looking at this week, his sovereignty and his his reign and his mighty power as well. And we're going to be seeing that in Psalm 97 in particular. So do you want to head there for us, Matthew? We're going to go to Psalm 97 and be looking at a psalm. It's subtitled here, A Song of Praise to the Sovereign Lord. Do you want to start reading that for us? Psalm 97 and verse what? Badly. Psalms 97, it says this, friends. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many islands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries round about. His lightnings lit up the world. and The earth saw and trembled. The mountains melted like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the peoples have seen his glory. Let's stop there. Let's stop there. Okay. Got some, some, some information here from this psalm. The firstly, the, the opening proclamation. The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the multitudes of isles be glad. I love that it's said this here because is is Jerusalem or Judea or Israel, is that like an island state? What, I, what I've heard is that any kind of continent surrounded by a body of water, like Australia, <laughs> is, an is, it, is an island. But is that is that Israel? Is Israel an island? No, right? It's 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 not. It is beside you know the Great Sea and the, or the Mediterranean, and and you've got the Sea of Galilee and whatnot, which is essentially just a, a big lake, and the Dead Sea and the Red Sea. But you could not categorize it. What's out the Pacific Islands? No. Yeah, yeah. It's not an island. It's not the Pacific Islands. It's not even New Zealand. It's not even Australia. It's not even a a continent. No, it's 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 not an island at all. But I love how it says here. Uh, Let the multitude of isles be glad. Yeah. You know, this is a a global message. He says here, let the Lord reigns, uh, the Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice, let the multitudes of isles be glad. Like this, this reality of God reigning or the Lord reigning is a global reality. And this is actually incredibly unique in the time to say this, because at this time, gods were seen not as all creators that have you know, fixed cosmology, but rather gods of specific nations were seen as as domestic and, and they would battle with the other gods. When, when two armies would fight in the olden days, we're talking about 3,000 years ago in the, in the Near East, when two armies would fight, uh, it would be God versus God. Yep. And one of those gods would prevail and would win. But that god whether it's you know the Assyrian Dagon or whether for Babylonian it's you know their their worship of of um oh, what is the specific name that they well you know they've got the Baals which is like all around like ancient near eastern kind of uh worship 
in terms of their their paganism or whatnot. I think if you, we're talking Neo Babylon, you know, down at that time, the the gods of Mesopotamia and those areas were very much based on the worship of like Nimrod and Ishtar. They're all very similar, but some different names. But uh, these gods didn't necessarily have stake a claim to creation or creating the world, or they didn't have like a cosmological origin or explanation to them of like, oh, this is a God that comes from here and he created the world and like like the Lord does, like Yahweh does. These gods rather are, you know, domestic in that sense that, oh, this is the fish god, that, which is the god that represented the Assyrians. And, uh, and, and the fish god, you know, gives the Assyrians power because the 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 capital of Assyria, which was Nineveh, it's it's this it's this port city, and they'd worship the fish gods, and they'd catch lots of fish, and all these different things, and and so these gods are very domestic. Yeah. Even when we get to like the Greek gods, which became very very well known, and Greek philosophy and their religion became very well known later, much after this psalm was was written, and you ha- you have Zeus and and Hades and this and that and the other. Uh, even these gods didn't necessarily, in in their Greek religion, represent an origin of cosmology of of where things come from. It would be Zeus was a god, but in fact, that's what we read in Acts chapter seventeen is that. Uh, they had this unknown God, and to that unknown God, they ascribe creation because they're like, well, there's all these laws of nature and there's this creation. We don't know where that comes from. So there's there's this greater overarching God, and it's the Lord here who is claiming to be that. Mm-hmm. He and he's and not just for Israel. It's not just Dagon of the Assyrians, or if you're a member to Acts as well, you've got Artemis or Diana of the Ephesians. Right. It's not just those guys. It's the Lord of the earth. Yahweh, the representative of all of creation, the one who created all, who made all. And they're so he's saying, let everyone be glad that I reign because I created all of it. I am here working and maintaining and sustaining all of it, even the isles, even the far off islands. I'm sustaining those as well. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. Which, for a, for a person of Judea or, or Jerusalem or Israel at the time, when you would read the word Isles, I assume that they would their minds would immediately go to, to say, Greece, you know, across the pond there and, and the various islands of Greece. He says, even let them be glad that I reign and that I exist. I am, I'm the creator of those islands. I'm the creator of the plains and the valleys and the hills. Uh, and then it starts to give some, some information about him as well. It says, Clouds of darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his f- throne. Is that good news? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Oh, absolutely. Um, I had some thoughts about the, the first uh, section of that. Yeah. The rest about the God of the earth. Yeah. And it makes me think about when Jesus said to that lawyer, you know, um, who should I render this coin? So I render to Caesar or to, to God. Mm. And he said that classic uh, wise of all wise answers, you know, the uh, render unto Caesar's what is Caesar's and render unto God's what is God's. And you mm. have here where it says God of the earth. Mm. You know, this is the very earth that these pagan religions are making their gods out of. Wow. That's, actually, <laughs> that's a fantastic point. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and God's saying like your substance, this earth, that's mine. That's my footstool. That's my footstool. Yeah, wow. I remember a joke that when something like this, um, uh, evolutionist came to God, he goes, I believe I can outsmart you, God. I can make a better creation than you. Mm. 
And then God goes, yeah, no worries. Um, pick whatever you want to choose to use. He goes, I'll, I'll use the earth. No, choose something else. That's mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, how can you outdo God mm. who made everything? And God goes back to the raw roots of substances, the earth, the dirt. Mm. That's right. And it's not, I think this is the beautiful thing that we see throughout this psalm, is that it not only, it's not only that God created yeah. and that God made, and he's powerful enough to do this. But furthermore, he makes a statement about his character. Yep. He says righteousness and justice, or the, the psalmist is saying righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Or even that verse, the one you said, uh, cloud and thick darkness around him. Mm. I see that as a real act of mercy when mm. God does that. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember uh, there was a statement in the book Desire of Ages that when mm. God came close to his own son, he wrapped you know, himself in, in robes of darkness. Mm. Uh, he, and we know that it went dark. At a certain point, when Jesus was on the cross, when he gave up his breath, it went black. And I, you know, it, it shares from those writings, God came as close as he could to his son. Mm. You know, we think that when Jesus took the sins of the world, it's going to like uh, repel God into the distant universe. No, actually, um, in knowledge of that, God surrounds himself with darkness. Okay, I can't come close to my son. Watch this. I surround myself in darkness. Yeah. He does it for us too, in mercy. Yeah, absolutely. And it even reminds me, it's very sanctuary-esque. You know, you've got the Shekinah glory in the most holy place of the sanctuary, literally God's presence. Yes. And they would build a sanctuary around God's presence, you know, to to hide us from it. Because if we were in the midst of God's presence oh. as broken, sinful people, we'd be immediately, it'd be, it would be eviscerated. But it, I think that's even a beautiful point there, the cloud and darkness around him. So he's hiding himself from us, in a sense, he's cloaking his brightness oh, yeah. because in his brightness, in his glory, in his righteousness, we would be destroyed. Mm. And it says righteousness are justice are the foundation of his throne. I think that's like a follow-through thought there because it's God's righteousness and his justice. We can see that in the fact that he is working to save the world yes, and to save those. Like, the world is the Lord's. He then puts us, he, he makes us stewards of the world. He puts us in charge. We stuff everything up. Yeah. Uh, and then now God, as a righteous and a just God, is doing what he can to save the world. And that is seen in the fact that he cloaks himself. Even though he's the creator of this world, he doesn't come down to this world fully unveiled because we'd, we'd die. <laughs> we'd, we'd die. And so it's, it's powerful stuff. But then it, it continues on verse 3. It says, and a fire goes before him. And burns up his enemies. So there, there is made here like his enemies will be destroyed. And you know what I, I love? I actually love this verse. Now, people might read this and say, his enemies? His enemies? Like, he destroys them. Like, who's God's enemies? Like, that's, that's pretty rough. That's pretty, that's, that's not a good place to, to be. Or that maybe that's not a kind or gracious or merciful things to do. Isn't it Jesus who said, love your enemies? Yes. You know, often there is a comparison made between Old Testament and and New Testament. And what are some of the things that are often said about the Old Testament, Matthew? What what, what are some things that people often say about the Old Testament when they make that comparison, Old Testament, oh, New Testament? You, you don't need the Old Testament. You don't need the Old Testament law. Mm. You know, you, what do they say about God? Oh, he's an evil God. Yeah, uh, he's right? genocidal mm. God. Yeah, is this uh. Theocratic God is 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 not worth following yeah. because of his uh, his over justice of anything. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then 
we they compare that to Jesus in the New Testament, and then usually it's like, oh, but Jesus is graceful and gracious and a different God. And he's different, right? And they and they draw a divide God. there, and it's actually a lot of uh, you could say liberal theologies, a lot of newer contemporary theologies have really worked Focused. to to draw a divide yep. between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and to say that basically they say that God is evil, Jesus is good. Jesus died to let you do whatever you want. This is the point they make. Whereas what we see is a, a coherency between Scripture, and particularly because you get to the book of Revelation, and Revelation is called the Revelation of Jesus Christ. And in Revelation, you have a description of basically everything that is wicked, everything that is an enemy of God, being completely and utterly destroyed for eternity. Absolutely. And that is fantastic news. Why? Because God deals with sin, a part of his righteousness and his justice. God is so righteous and so just that he will bring it to an end. You know, the question is often asked uh, by philosophers, is God weak that he does nothing about sin? Or does he just not care? And the reality is neither. God deeply cares. God deeply respects our choice. God extends great grace to us, and he is powerful enough to completely and utterly destroy sin. Oh, in fact, the eradication of the wicked, they call it his strange act Mm. because it's contrary to his character, which is all loving and merciful. Mm. We were talking about his righteousness earlier. He's so righteous and so just, he even had the right to depart from humanity when it's, once humanity turned its back on God. He had the right to start a new race, obliterate mm. the race he had in the beginning. But now in his, in his mercy, in his righteousness to God, it's right for him to come back and save his children. Yeah, and it's also righteous and just to, to get rid of sin. And so we see that yes. balance there happening. And, and where do we sit you know, in that receiving a choice? And when we read a passage like, he burns up his enemies, fire goes before him, and he burns up his enemies round about. The, the, the thing to know and the thing to understand is that being an enemy of God is dependent on a choice. Yeah, it's on us. It's dependent on our choice. God doesn't play the race game. He doesn't play the origin game. He doesn't play the, that's your team, this is my team. No, he plays the choosy this day team, yeah, that, like game. That, that's what God is doing. You can make a choice whether to be his enemy or not to be his enemy. This is his grace, and this is where his mercy is seen, because his justice will destroy sin. Sin needs to be destroyed because all it causes is suffering and pain and sin and death. It killed and, our Savior, Jesus. And emptiness. It killed Jesus. You know, we're talking about Lil Nas X before, and this, this, this famous rapper who has just been flirting with both Christianity and Satanism, like, and being satanic, and he's like, look, I'm just doing this to get famous. But then he personally reflects, and he's like, but, you know, just doing this, like, back and forth, and da-da-da-da, like, I'm kind of empty. Like, even though he's famous and he's rich, he's like, I'm, I'm left a bit empty from all of this. Like, I don't really feel like there's... There's anything positive and anything really going on in my life, and and that's simply because it's hey, like he's he's using these themes to make himself famous, but he's not making his choice, which is again, if you if you choose if you choose anything but Jesus, you're not choosing Jesus, and you can you can choose you can choose Satan, you can choose money, you can choose fame, you can choose anything over Jesus and you're not choosing him and it will leave you empty. It will leave you hurt. It will leave you longing. And what we see here is that, like it says here, he destroys his enemies because he is just. He will destroy sin. 
But then it continues on. It says, His lightings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the presence of the Lord. As his presence, you know, of the Lord, the whole earth, the heavens declare his righteousness and all the peoples will see his glory. To find, to find contentment, to find something that is, it is really sustained. You know, even this earth will pass away as the psalm is saying here because it will be destroyed in the face of God. But the heavens declare his righteousness and his glory. It, it is his foundation isn't built on this earth which will be destroyed, but rather his righteousness and his justice. Draw close to him to experience You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. By myself, Lawson. We've got Matthew in the studio this morning. Also, Shell. We're just talking about exercise briefly there during the break <laughs> while that song was playing. You know, getting getting the sweating going and and just you know having living your best life. If if there's any like, I'm not usually a news resolution guy. We're talking about that uh, yesterday with with our resident health expert, Jennifer Skews. But, dude, if there is any news resolution that you can get into, it's just, I don't know, find a way to be active. Like, there's, there's so much you can do. You can even you can even just be in your room and look up videos on YouTube of people doing exercise and whatnot and follow those along. It's it's really, really awesome. That's tomorrow's interview. Oh, we're, we're doing about exercise. About exercise oh, so good. Actually, shout out my friend Joe, who's going to be coming on. My good friend Joe, we're good. He's like, actually, uh, let me let me recommend Joe a little bit here. He, I broke my ankle in 2022. I did an avulsion fraction. I was in like a moon boot on crutches, everything. He did my rehab for me, like, and for free because he's my friend and he's a gun. Nice rights. And legit, like, I'm I'm living my best life now. My ankle's all fixed and healed, and and he's like, yep, Wilson, do these exercises. Stand like this. Stand like this. Stand like this. And now I'm like, I'm I'm. I'm, I'm killing it. So shout out, Joe. That's going to be really exciting for tomorrow. But hey, can you get us our final quiz question, please, Matthew? Be an honor. So repeat it three times in Psalms 80. Ooh. If God does a certain thing with his face, we shall be saved. What is the psalmist asking him to do? Okay, so put yourself in the position of the psalmist. Yes. He's, he's talking to God and he's saying, God, do this thing with your face. He keeps asking him. To do this thing. If you know what that thing is in Psalm 80 that the psalmist is asking God to do, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. I've got, I've got a bit of a clue. Okay. 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 Just think of a sunflower and what it does throughout the day. Ooh. How it moves. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Hey, let's not give away too much. Hey, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you'll go into the draw to win Revive Cafe Cookbook number three. Again, 0491-064-669. What is the psalmist in Psalm 80 asking God to do with his face? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Listening to the breakfast show, we're going to continue on. We've just been reading in Psalm ninety seven because that that's what we're about. This whole quarter, we're looking at Psalms. We're looking at the different themes from them. Do you want to continue to read? Do you want to get into verse seven now seven. and read through to verse nine? Gladly, it says, "Let all those be ashamed who serve graven images, who boast themselves of idols. Worship him, or you gods, with a little g." Zion heard this and was glad, and the daughters of Judah have rejoiced because of your judgments, O Lord. For you are the Lord most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods, little g. Do you want to keep reading till the end? Yep. Hate evil, you who love the Lord, who 
preserves the souls of his godly ones. He delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light is sown like seed for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Be glad in the Lord, you righteous ones, and give thanks to his holy name. Mm, Absolutely. Okay, I love this passage. I love this passage. Firstly, let all be put to shame who serve carved images, who boast of idols, worship him, all you gods. This is a really, really, really insightful passage because... It says here, worship him, all you gods. And you said, little g. It's like, wait, worship him, all you, all you gods. He's telling the other gods to worship him. Where do the gods come from? Where do these idols come from? Who makes them? People. People. <laughs> People. Yeah. What he's saying here, he's like, you who serve carved images are the same as the carved images. Yeah. They come from you. You are them. Like, you, you are these, what you, what you are, like, creating to worship you are those and and what i think what he's really getting at here is that not only does it come to you but furthermore i created them like i created the fish i created the mountains i created the sun and i created you you worshiping all of these things you're essentially worshiping yourself you're worshiping these things i created turn from that worship him all you gods, and this is this is uh, this is what the psalmist is saying is like all of you people that are that are worshiping all these idols, like turn and worship the one who created. You're just worshiping yourself. You're just worshiping the creations of these idols are just the creations of your own hands, which are just mirrors of things that God created. You know what's cool about what you're sharing, um, Brother Lawson? You said earlier, correct me if I'm wrong. God made us to have dominion over mm. all the earth. Now it's interesting. The fish gave it to be under our dominion. Uh, the cattle, everything. Every creature to be under our dominion. What do we do? We flip it around. We mm. want them to have dominion over us. Wow. That's powerful, eh? Yeah. Imagine, imagine letting fish tell you what to do. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But it's like, oh, it's the fish god. But it's like, no. Like, imagine, imagine letting a cow tell you what to do. I call it the Richard Dawkins dilemma. Yeah. Because Richard Dawkins, he was posed with the question, if nothing else, if you could find that creation couldn't create itself, mm-hmm. would you then turn to God? Mm. And he would say, no, he, he was still in his adamant, you know, he's, he's so adamant that it's not God that he says, I believe there's life, you know, what's it, uh, extra, extra, extraterrestrial yeah. life out there that's done it. Just moving the problem, essentially. Moving the problem, shifting yeah. it. And it's, uh, it's all in our own heads. It's all our own ideas. Yeah. But God is saying here, no, like, let those be put to shame. We were of carved images because it is so vain. It's so useless. It's pointless. Continues on, Zion hears and is glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O Lord. For you, Lord, are the most high above all the earth, and you exalted. And now this is this is like, oh man, why did the those who are following God love his judgments? Yes. This is why. You who love the Lord hate evil. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. He preserves, sorry, the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hands of the wicked. Those who love the Lord hate evil. We should love and rejoice and be glad about judgment if we are on God's side. Yes. Now, now this is something that is is super important to understand about judgment is that God is seeking and searching for our choice to repent. The promise of his new covenant is that he wants to work in us. He wants to make us greater and righteous by his power. He covers us. In his righteousness, through his grace alone, God is not looking for your 
innate perfection because you do not you do not possess any. Your righteousness is like filthy rags, the yes. Bible says. He is wanting to work in you. But as he works in you and as you keep turning to him, as it says here, those who love the Lord hate evil. They rejoice in judgment because they see that evil, which they have grown to lament over, which they have grown to repent of, is going to be destroyed by judgment. When I hear that evil is going to be destroyed. I hear that it's evil that they're tying into their worship with pagan gods. Essentially, that pagan worship is, and I'll get you to quick if I'm wrong, that's a belief in self-sufficiency. Mm. Yeah, idolatry is a worship of, we want that to be God over us. We, we mm. can take care of our own lives with our own gods. We don't need you, God. We don't need to have this contentment in you. Because for some reason we're discontent with you, but we're content in our own form. Oh, of man. And what it further shows as well, it's like, it's like, why would they make a choice to choose that versus God? And it's because he's not asking them to change. They can, perver- they can be pervasively wicked uh, following other gods, and that is shown that they would rather, you know, with a lot of the practice of these foreign and ancient gods, it would be uh, child sacrifice and those kind of things. They would rather kill their own children than repent and change. That's the, that's the reality. Of the situation, whereas God is not asking you to give your children in terms of sacrificing them. God is not asking you to to give him anything except for your heart, and that is to change. And close out here, rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, and give thanks at a remembrance of his holy name. Like, let's give thanks to him for his righteousness, his justice, his love, and his grace, and his mercy. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're joined by myself, Lawson, or Matthew as well, and Shell on the decks. Guys, we have been going through our show, talking about Psalms, talking about a number of wonderful and amazing things. But right now, we are going to give you some answers for the quiz questions here. Let's go. Randy, true or false, Leviticus teaches it is good to eat the blood and fat. Well, we know that the blood has life in it, so we're not meant to eat that. Yeah, yeah. The answer is false. <laughs> it's it's false, right? And and not only does Leviticus teach us that, but um, the New Testament as well. Uh, in when you can read, uh, it's Acts chapter fifteen, where they give the Jerusalem Council and they right. tell the Christians at the time, "Hey, don't eat it then either." But yeah, Leviticus teaches it is good for us to eat the blood and the fat. That is false. What's sad and amazing. Um Vampire stories are taking traction, doing a counterfeit of what God <laughs> counsels. Yeah. Stay away from the Stay blood. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't eat it. It's it's gross. You will not have eternal life from that. Hey, uh, how, how many, many psalms? psalms are in the Book of Psalms? It's 150. Your, nice, nice round model. Of- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just say my my favorite. I don't know if it's my favorite. Actually, I've never owned or driven a Ford F one fifty, but I, they're pretty good. I like looking at the old. The old Ford F one fifties from like the eighties and stuff like that, and they're old and boxy and cool. I'm like, that's sick. And the other cool thing about American trucks as well is that, well, like our like Utes over here come all come with like mostly diesels in them, whereas like it'll have this big V eight petrol. Like it'll be as fast as a sports. You can make it as fast as a sports car, even though it's a big, heavy, boxy truck. So that's that's really cool as well. But yeah, it's 150 Psalms, and mate, we're gonna be. Looking them over as we go through our Psalms Bible study. Hey, let's get the next question for us. In which country did Joseph the Dreamer, Moses, Jeroboam, and Jesus all reside at for a time of their lives? That's Egypt. 
They mm. all had a, a season there in Egypt for a period of time. Which New Testament author asks, Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? If you figured it out, it's A, out of James, Peter, Paul, and John. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the inference there from James is that no. Uh, a fig tree cannot bear olives or a grapevine bear figs. And, you know, and he, he precedes that. He says, every tree bears fruit according to its kind. And he makes a greater point about bearing fruits worthy of repentance, bearing good fruits, yes. you know, which would actually be a, a theme that would come out of the words of John the Baptist in particular as well. He's the first one that introduces this idea in the New Testament where, where he says to the Pharisees and whatnot, uh, that come to him, he says, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Because he can see, like, it, it, the story of John the Baptist is just fascinating. This guy just spoke powerfully and had such a hold on the nation of Israel, or Ju- Judah, uh, and Judea and the, the region. And he was so popular, in fact, that commentators have said that if John the Baptist were to let a, lead a rebellion, people would have followed him. Like and the, the whole of Israel would have followed John the Baptist into a rebellion against the Roman Empire. And he's so popular that the Pharisees and, and the religious leaders and members of the Sanhedrin and whatnot rock up to receive his baptism as well. And he's, he, you know, as Jesus gave them a lot of shtick, uh, he also gives them that as well. And, and John, he's like, hey, you know, you religious leaders here to receive baptism of repentance will bear fruits worthy of repentance. Show us that you are repentant. Uh, that's that's what John calls them to do, and I think it's a good lesson for us as well. Jesus is calling us to to repent, to and you know he he's calling us to come before him and to confess our sins, Absolutely. but he's also calling us to do a one eighty and to turn from them Amen. as well. Finally, here do you want to read that last question? Indeed. Repeated three times in Psalms 80, if God does a certain thing with his face, we shall be saved. What is the psalmist asking him to do? Shine his face upon us. Mm. Like that one, Shell. Shine his face upon us. You know, I was, I was alluding to the sunflower. Yeah. It follows the sun yeah. throughout the day. Yeah. Because it likes the face sun shining face. down on it. <laughs> yeah. So Absolutely. I pray everyone with that one. Hey, congratulations if you got those questions correct or some of them correct. However many questions you get, that's how many uh, chances you have in the draw. So you have the you know possibility to, if you've answered every question correct this week, 25 potential chances before the draw on Friday. But hey, people have won off just one. So if you didn't answer any questions today, get in for the questions and the quiz questions tomorrow and you'll be able to win our amazing prize. And we have come to the end of the breakfast show but guys there is more amazing programming coming up after this on faith fm directly after this i believe we're going to get into some tazzy encounters and be hearing from those blokes down south living their best lives but hey we have come to the end of the show and like we always do we give away something completely for free and i was looking for something a resource that would be food related because we talked we've talked a bit about food and fruit and those kinds of things but i actually came up with this book it's called how to feed the mediavore by heather thompson day and i actually feel like this is a fantastic resource because it's all about our relationship to technology as christians and getting into what what kind of 
distance, what kind of embracing we should have with media and technology, and, and particularly as it's gone, as media has gone from traditional media to social media, and it's like, you know, people used to look at, oh man, he sits all day and watch t- watches TV, but now it's it's very easy to say, oh, I'm just going to check my Facebook, and I've sat all day and, and scrolled reels or whatever. I know a lot of us, we have responsibilities and jobs and things to do, and so it breaks it up a little bit, but are we, are we just getting sucked in? That's the question. What do we need to do? What, what would God have us do? That's what this book is all about. So 0491-064-669 is the number to text. Text that number with the word book and be the first text to through and you'll get it for free. Matthew, thank you for joining us this morning. Pleasure. An absolute pleasure. Yeah, awesome stuff. We're going to continue on with our day. But guys, hey, feed from Jesus. You know, get your daily bread from Him. Grow in Him and become more like Him today. You're listening to Faith FM. God be Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.